0: Tim Hudak joins us, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Good morning, Tim Hudak. Good morning, John Moore. A couple of stories today that I think you can bring some unique perspective to based on your career experience. One of them would be Elizabeth May was hospitalized owing to stress, and her husband says that the workload of a federal MP is too much. I'm not unsympathetic to anybody who has... You know, suffers from depression, anxiety, stress, whatever. But at the same time, I'm not absolutely convinced that that job is so prohibitively difficult that somebody has to end up in the hospital. And if they do, maybe they need to consider whether it's not it's the
1: job for them. Yeah, look, there are tremendous uh, upsides to being in in public life and playing that role, particularly as a leader. I I had 21 years in the job as a provincial representative. John, you mentioned I had the honor of serving as a leader of the Ontario PC Party. I wouldn't trade a minute of that time because the pluses outweigh the minuses. You're one of the few people that has a desk and a microphone to to fight for what you believe in, to fight for your community. Uh, You get to learn a lot like talk radio. I guess that's what I find the appeal here. You get to learn a lot. Lot, um, about a lot of different things and see how they, they connect. There's a prestige to it. There's an adrenaline rush. It is an awesome opportunity to make a difference. The downside, of course, while well, you're always in the public eye, especially in the ride, and it puts tremendous pressure on you, but more importantly, on your family, on your spouse. So the work never stops, and constituency work can be very demanding because you want to be good at your job and, and listen to people that, you know, that you represent at Queen's Park or Parliament. And when you're a leader, there's another layer of stress and demand because there's like a, taking on an extra job before in, on top of being an MP or an MPP. But holy cats, you, you should know what it is when you go into it. And you should certainly know about it when you put your name forward to be leader of the party. So I've had a chance to advise many people when I was in office and since we getting into politics, and I say it is worth it. The biggest deal is make sure that you have a supportive spouse who understands what you're getting into and don't have to go pedal to the metal full time. What I don't like about this and where she loses me, John, is there's an element of spectacle here. Her husband writes a a blog about how much she is suffering and then conflates that with a local emergency room closure, takes a stand on some environmental issues. It looks more show than other. And if you can't take that job, well, it also tells you there's something very gone awry with the Green Party of Canada's an extra pressure. But if you can't take it, then you ease off the pedal. If you can't do that, then let somebody else take the job. There's a long line up to do so.
0: There's another story about politics that you can speak to, I'm sure, and that's uh, you can never really account for the people you end up posing next to because everybody wants a picture with a political leader. In Pierre Polyev and the Premier of Alberta's case, it was a guy wearing a shirt that was uh, boasting about straight pride. And actually, as we enter into this discussion, and I'm curious what you're going to have to say, um, you know, I'm inundated with texts from people saying, what's wrong with straight pride? Okay, it's kind of like, you know, when somebody says, when's my Straight Pride Parade, you're not Really saying that you're Excited about straight pride, you're saying You're sick of gay pride
1: Yeah, it, exactly Look, I can, um, I think Polly Have actually handled this well, because This is what happens when you're in the center, it, it kind of like a bit of a fog descent, and it's an exhilarating feeling because you have people lined up, and not usually like in a straight line, like you're going into a, a theater or a sporting event, but a bit of a mob scene who want their photos with you. And then there's two or three people who want to get on board and have a photo together. It's rewarding. I mean, <laughs> people ask me if that if that bothered me. I had had lost patience to that. Not at all. I mean, ask me when people stop wanting to have their photo taken with you, and you'll tend to have some handlers there. But it, especially. At a public event like the Calgary Stampede, you really don't control who comes in for the photo, and nor, nor do you really want to, to a large extent. And people, I guess that uh, you know, wear those types of T-shirts are a bit of like moths to a flame. They they get attracted to political events to make their statement, but you can't often see them coming. Um, I'll tell you my own story here, uh, John, as well. Luckily, I had a pretty good handler in my wife Deb Hutton, who had worked <laughs> for two premiers, could see this stuff coming. I don't remember any T-shirt instance, but I had one. I was at a local event. It was, uh, a, a bike event, motorcycle event, shaking hands, going to booths, and you get caught in it, right? You enjoy, you know, the interaction, you say hi to folks, you pick up sort of what's on their minds, and then Steph calls me, she says, look up, because I was about to walk in and shake hands with the Hells Angels association that happened to have a booth at this local fair. So, not wanting to do a mail in that last minute. I sort of tiptoed backwards, said nice to see you, and then turned to the next booth. Luckily, I had Deb at my side. Okay, a couple of things totally near wheelhouse
0: at the Ontario Real Estate Association. One of them would be, and I have no opinion on this because I don't know if there's something wonky in it, Olivia Chow apparently wants a review of how Ontario assesses the value of people's property, which is pretty critical stuff because then you get to the mill rate and how much you're going to pay taxes.
1: Yeah, it seems a bit out of the blue uh, uh, as well. Well, look, Remember that uh, old expression attributed to Churchill that democracy is the worst form of government except for all those all others, others we've tried yeah. from time to time? Same with property assessment. Uh, look, there's going to be no perfect way, and every every which way is going to have somebody's ox gored because your values will go up relative to the average, and you'll pay higher taxes, and somebody's will, will go down. I remember when I came into government, we had a badly broken assessment system where each municipality had its own sort of base. Base here. Toronto was one of the worst. I think they had used the base of the 1940s. So there's a lot of unfairness in the system because actual values have changed dramatically. An important reform is to have an, a transparent and consistent assessment system that reflects modern property values. Most recently, our system said, okay, every four years, we'll do a new assessment and they'll have a four-year phase-in. So you weren't hit with a shock. That was actually, I think, the best of all systems. What's happened now is that because of COVID, a reassessment had been delayed, and the Ford government has continued to delay it, so we're still locked in 2016. So not many values today are the same as 2016. Some will have gone up, some will have gone down, and that's causing the problems in the system. The cure this is not some investigation, it's not some conspiracy to to benefit the the, the well-connected. It's simply we're badly out of date, and the longer... The longer the government delays this assessment, the worse the pain is going to be to correct it.
0: Okay. And one other real estate story would simply be the latest stats, which I think are for the month of June, that uh, say that the Toronto real estate market is, quote unquote, rebalancing. Not tremendously surprising. I mean, if we're going to keep hiking real estate rates, then people are going to start pulling back.
1: It's all interest rate um, uncertainty that's that's being caused here. And of course, that that triggers on the mortgage uh, side. Real estate is, is really often sort of two-thirds economics and, and one-third psychology. And, and that's why it's so important to have that realtor, that professional at your side to hold you focused on what's important. The psychology here, John, is when interest rates are heading up, it pushes buyers to the sidelines. Their, mo- their payments won't go as far. They won't get as much house for the money. So they step back. But it also has an impact on sellers who say, well, look, there's going to be fewer buyers knocking on our door, coming in for a showing, and they tend to pull back. And then you have a self-fulfilling reality, that the market then heads downward when it comes to the amount of exchanges. The problem we're having is that the affordability crisis is is deepening. Mortgage rates are going to be higher. we would likely to see an increase in, in rates tomorrow. And there's fewer homes in the market, making it harder to get into the market. The solution here, just keep focusing on supply. Build more homes that we can afford, yep. and that should be across all levels of government. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Have a fabulous day.
0: You too, Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, but quite relevant to a couple of the stories we've just talked about. He's now at the Ontario Real Estate Association.